0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. It's great to be here with you. I'm going to be sharing on something that I know most of us really, really dislike. So I'm really looking forward to it. I know I really dislike this thing. In fact, it tops my list of least preferred things to do like country music and dental root canal i would do anything to try to avoid this thing nothing tests my patience my faith my basic human decency more than this thing are you ready are you ready for it i'm going to be talking about waiting so some of you were getting narky cuz i was taking too long Now, like most people, I hate waiting. I cannot stand it. Like most of you, if I want it now, if I want it, I want it now. I don't have time to wait. I mean, when I go to Maccas, I don't want to to wait five minutes for my fries. That's all about, it's fast food. I want it fast, come on. Who wants to wait for a week for an AFL grand final result? Not me, that's ridiculous. People say, oh yeah, poor players. It's not the players, we don't care about the players. It's us. We want results. I reckon that we should call it through independence and let them decide who won. But anyway, that's just me. <laughs> so I had to throw that one in there. When I walk into a bank, I want like the ad. I want to walk in and have a teller waiting for me saying, how much money do you want, sir? It's all, it's all for you. Here we go. Open the door for me. I love it. Because waiting is difficult, isn't it? it? It doesn't come naturally to many of us, especially in this modern age, in this modern technology. I mean, people freak out. About the most amazing things. You know, all you tech heads, you know, that if I'm gonna slap the next person that freaks out about their internet being too slow. Relax, calm down. It's just information. Do you realize that what you're after needs to go through cables around the world, all the way around the world, up into the sky, in space, and then back again? Knowing all that, can you wait a minute? Can you just wait a little, little cotton-picking minute? Just relax. In my, in my days, we used to have to jump in our car, drive to the library, you know, go through the Encyclopedia Britannica, and then that, it, would be a, it would be a day event. You guys get, you know, get uh, freaked out if you, if you don't get a thousand million results in your, when you Google something. I mean, come on, relax, you know? We don't wait well because of modern technology. I I, I know that. Like, my friend, you would have thought his life ended. He went on a holiday to France, having a great time, and he had to wait for two hours for his transfer. Two hours to be able to get from the airport to the hotel. Two hours, he was twittering, he was Facebooking, he was emailing, he was telling everybody, complaining about the French people and the French airport, like the French culture owes him something suddenly. And then two hours and his whole holiday stuffed up. I mean, come on, relax, learn how to wait. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, they don't owe you anything. Where were you during the French Revolution? What have you ever contributed to the, uh, to the French culture? Relax, take it easy, be grateful. That you don't live in an age where, you know, it would have taken 80 years by boat to get there and you probably would have died on the way. So just relax. We just don't wait well. But it's not just because of our modern culture. By nature, we don't wait well, do we? I mean, it's something that I have to teach my kids all the time. They think I don't love them if I have to make them wait a little bit. My son had an awesome birthday party yesterday. We had great fun. But you know what he said to me? He got a little bit depressed afterwards. I said, what's the matter? What's wrong? And he said, I wish my birthday was in January. I wonder why. He goes, Because then I wouldn't have to wait so long for another party. <laughs> oh, dude, are you ungrateful little. Anyway. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, I think it's very much part of our nature. And uh, I think a lot of us also feel the same way as far as waiting is concerned. Now, James, one of the books in the Bible tells us this James 4. It'll be up on the screen. James deals with this also in his general epistle. And it says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I think if we're honest, most of us struggle in this way. I think if we were able to hear people's hearts here this morning, including mine, we would hear cries like, God, where's my blessing? Where's that blessing I deserve? God, where's that breakthrough that you promised me? God, where's that person that you know I deserve? God, I've been waiting all this time. God, where's that life? Where's that abundant life that you promised me? God, I've been at this for so long. Where is it? I think if we're honest, a lot of us have cries like that in our hearts. I know I certainly do. And I struggle with those cries. There's one thing to ask faithfully for something. There's another thing to demand and fret and sulk before our great and almighty God. And... As I said, God has had to do a work on me in my life as far as waiting well is concerned. And um, I want to share some of those lessons with you today. I'm going to to start with very, very basic foundational stuff about waiting. I've called my message this morning, Waiting Well. Because all of us are waiting for something. Some of us are waiting well. Some of us are waiting very poorly. And some of us will sleep in and out. And we will need reminders of how to wait well. In God. Okay, so just a few things this morning. Um, going back to the text, uh, James four one starts by saying this: What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? Isn't that amazing? This tells me that we need to wait peacefully. We need to wait peacefully. I like the point that he's making here because if we don't wait peacefully, what are we going to do? We're going to argue, battle, and quarrel. So we need to wait peacefully. I love this point that he makes. All the conflicts, it's not other people's faults. All the things that we battle with its not circumstances. He's saying, wait a minute. Have a look at the unfulfilled desires that you have in your heart. Have a look first at that thing that you're longing for, that you're waiting to happen. And that's the root issue. That's the reason why you're in conflict. That's the reason why you are arguing and fighting with people because of those unfulfilled desires, those things that you're yearning for that aren't quite happening. Now, that's a challenge because normally the opposite of responsibility is blame. So we blame other people. We blame their errors. We blame their mistakes. We blame what we think is things that have gone wrong. But James is saying, no, look within your hearts. It is because of your desires, your unfulfilled desires. I mean, you look at when people say, I hate my job. hate my boss and you fight and you quarrel. Is your job really that bad? Is it really, think about it for a second. Is it really, really that bad? Isn't it providing you with sustenance, with with money? Isn't it providing you with an opportunity? Isn't it providing you with experience? Why do you focus on, on that? Why do you say, I hate my job? Is it really, really that bad? Or is it more to do with the fact that perhaps you hate that lifestyle and you'd rather be a lazy slob and get paid for nothing? Is it perhaps that maybe you are envying other people's employment? Is it perhaps something that to do with the fact that you've blown it and you've, you're stuck in this thing and you think, man, I'm going to have to really do something for me to get out of this? What is it? Why do you hate it? Why do you conflict? Is it really because your job is that bad? Or is it because of an unfulfilled desire that you, that you have? Are you waiting on God for that breakthrough, for that promotion? And so you hate what you've got for now. But just look at it. Firstly, through the eyes of Scripture. What is causing those fights and those quarrels? Is it really, really that bad? I hate my parents! (laughs) Jeff, you need to talk to your daughter-in-law here. Oh, to your daughter here. Sorry, yeah, got confused. Are they really that bad? Are your parents really, really, really that bad? There's far too many youth i nodding right now. It's a bit scary. Are they really, really that bad that you fight and you quarrel with them? Or is it the fact that you resent the fact that maybe you're not old enough to make your own wise decisions yet? Is it maybe that you resent the fact that your parents love you enough to place boundaries in your life to protect you? Is it that? Or are they really that bad that they're worth hating? I mean, come on. Thanks, All the parents said, yeah, amen. Yeah. And when people complain about the church and where's God in all these? Where's God in all these lights and smoke? And Where's God in, in this situation? Where's God in this church? Is it really this church is that bad? Or is it maybe that you prefer a different style? Or that you're looking for something different that like caters more for your likes? What is it? Why do you, why do you fight? Why do you quarrel? Yeah, so. I'm going to vent here. Ladies, Feeling dangerous. I can see the men have already left me alone. (laughs) You're just—you're not going to support me at all. But ladies, is it really that bad that he leaves the toilet seat up? I mean, come on, come on. I know you get pandered to about this, but come on, get over it. Deal with it. It's not that bad, is it? It's not the end of the world. So what, preacher? Thank you. One man is with me. Rest of you, wusses. I mean, really, honestly. Is it really that bad? Or is it perhaps that you've been feeling neglected? Or is it perhaps (laughs) that he hasn't spoken to you enough and so you are venting and so you're you're using the situation to reveal your anger, your frustration and your unfulfilled desire for more communication and more time with your husband? Is it really that? I mean, come on, let's really look at why we are fighting and quarreling. That's the challenge of this text. I mean, you've got to put up with toilet seats we, I've got to put up with cotton buds. Hey, husbands, when you got married, did you ever think that women could use and have so many uses for cotton buds? I, I never used a cotton bud in my life until I got married. I get married and they're everywhere. My bathroom is filled for them, with them. I don't, I've got no idea what they're used for and I don't think I want to know either. But you put up with the toilet we'll put up with cotton buds and we'll all be happy. I told you I was going to vent, so anyway, we'll move on. There we go on. So we need to wait peacefully, and we need to realize that this text is making quite a serious point. He's saying that, look, whatever quarrels, whatever fights you're having, before you blame other people, maybe look at those unfulfilled desires that you have in your heart, those things that you know you're waiting for. Because if we don't wait patiently, we're not going to bring out the righteousness of God in our situation. Now, we can't get away with it. God will not allow us to get away with acting like spoiled little brats. He wants us to grow up and mature and act righteously, no matter what the situation, no matter how wrong, wronged we've been. It doesn't matter. There's a, there's a precious couple in this church right now who are going through hell. They are really, really going through it. And if anybody had the right to take up a fight, it would be this precious couple. They've been wronged severely by an ex-partner. This ex-partner has done something really, really severely wrong. And uh, it would be within their right to go through the court system and all these things. It would be within their right. And most people would say, yeah, it's, it's, you've got the right to do that. But this couple, after waiting on God, after seeking God, after seeking wise counsel, they have decided to allow it, to let it go. They have decided to make room for God to move. They have decided to not fight and quarrel, although they could. They have decided what would be the price, ultimately, if we did pursue this. Now, I'm not saying this is a one-size-fits-all. Every situation is different. But in this case, this couple have decided to not battle, to not fight, to not quarrel, but just even though they've got these incredible desires for righteousness to prevail, because of how wrong they've been, they have decided to make a stand and say, God, we will allow you to work in this situation. And we need to learn to do that. In our waiting in God, are we, can we say that we're waiting peacefully? Can we say that we're waiting without this, these quarrels and fights and unnecessary arguments with people around, with people that we believe are responsible for our situation? Or is it our unresolved desires? We need to wait peacefully. Something else that I think we should be able to do is to wait, here's a very basic one, you ready? Patiently. I know, that one hurts. We need to learn to wait patiently. The text, James 4, 2, goes on to say this. You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. This is what happens when we don't wait patiently. We can't have what we want because we start to kill and to covet. Now, we might not kill literally, but what did Jesus say about anger? If we feel angry towards our brother, it's like killing him. What did he say about bitterness and resentment? We might not take a knife and stab somebody, but if we continue to walk through life with bitterness and resentment and unresolved anger, it's as good as killing somebody. And if we don't kill somebody, we're killing ourselves. So let's stop killing and coveting. Let's stop desiring what other people have. You may think you're patient, but if you're waiting for that breakthrough and you're looking at everyone else's blessing and you're coveting, you're not waiting patiently on God. If you're looking at what they have, thinking, God, look what they have. How come I don't have it? God, help me. Now, God is far more concerned with our maturity and our growth than the blessing that you think that that, that you deserve. God will wait for you to grow up. God will wait for you to mature. God will wait for you to learn to actually really rejoice with those that rejoice and not just give a big frozen smile and go, yeah, yeah, really like your car. Really like your promotion. Really like your hot new girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well done, mate. Nah, God knows our heart. God knows our heart. And it's that maturity that He is more concerned with rather than the blessing. We've got the blessing, we've got the victory, we've got, we're heaven bound. We're heaven bound. How we walk through this life is up to us now, up to our choices, whether we put the Word of God into practice or not. So how how are we going to wait? Are we going to wait patiently or are we going to kill and covet? Doesn't matter what we've been called to do. Doesn't matter what we feel like God has called us or told us, even if he's spoken to us. I am waiting on things that I know God has revealed to me. I've been waiting on some things for 15, 20 years and I have breached everything that I'm telling you this morning. That's why I know it. But it doesn't matter. The Bible says this. The Bible says that God equips those that he calls. You think about that. So so you've heard the calling from God, good on you. What happens now? You're gonna get equipped. It's not that God calls those who are ready, those who are equipped, those who are ready to be husbands, wives, receive a promotion, whatever. God has called you, great. Now wait, wait patiently until he equips you. That equipping might take a day, might take a lifetime. I don't know. But we've got to understand what Scripture is telling us that those that he calls, he then equips. So relax. If you feel like you've been called to something, rejoice, but be faithful and be patient in that process during which God is going to equip you for you to achieve that which is called you to achieve. So we need to learn to wait patiently and We need to do so because really, it doesn't matter how much we fret and freak out, God has a time. God has an established time. Really, it's His plans and His purposes. So He's decided. Most of the things that happen in our lives have been foreordained. That's a big word that just simply means God decided for those things to happen before He even created the world. Because God is God. God, Acts 17 even tells us that God determined who would live where, in which country and when. That's how much this world is in the the palm of God's hand. So we might as well just give up. We might as well just be patient. Go, God, that's a good reason to just be patient. Uh, You've you've got your times set. The Bible says about so many things. God has decided in advance. So let's just let's just relax. The the book of Ecclesiastes also tells us that, that there's a season for everything. So let's just let's just recognize the season. It may be a season of waiting, it doesn't matter how much we fret and freak out. It's not going to hurry God along. We're not going to talk him into it. You know, the Bible tells us there's a time to, to, to weep and a time to laugh. Recognize the season. Maybe time to weep now for whatever reasons. You know, there's a time to live and a time to die. What is your season right now? And if you recognize the season, that's going to help you in your patience and waiting in God. I speak to so many parents that threaten, freak out. I've said that a lot now. But parents that complain about, you know, oh, oh my, I'm so busy now. My kids, nappy, screaming, staying up all night. Uh, my wife didn't get any sleep last night. And I, I, look, I, I know it's, it's, it's a difficult time. But it's just a season. It's just as easy. I do, to, you know, we, we've talked about it. And we said, look, we, we have made the choice to enjoy our children no matter what happens. Because it is just a quick season. And if you speak, I like to speak to parents who've you know, been there and done that. And the common theme with parenting that they tell me is enjoy because it goes so fast. Enjoy because they grow up so quick. I tell you, every good parent has told me that. And it's so true. So I tell you, as I said, my wife and I have spoken about this and we've said, look, Despite the difficulties, we're going to enjoy our children right now. We've got four under the age of six. It gets very busy in our house. When one's sick, everybody gets sick. But you know what? It's a season and it's going to end. And then when it ends, we're going to be longing for it. So let's just recognize, let's just be patient. It will end. Your waiting will end. So in order to wait well, We need to wait patiently because like a good dad, God will not give us anything that we're not ready to receive no matter how much we disagree with him. So learn to wait patiently. Something else that we need to do with our waiting that I've learned is that we need to learn to wait purposefully. We need to learn to wait purposefully. James goes on to tell us Still in James 4 2. We've gone through three sentences. I'll tell you want to start very basic. He says, You do not have because you do not ask God. I mean, that's what happens when we don't wait purposely. We, we, we don't have. I mean, as far as being purposeful in our asking, have you actually thought it through? Have you actually thought about what it is that you want? Have you actually Really, really decided in your mind, okay, this is exactly what I need. And have you lifted those desires up to God? What I mean is this. Have you actually, have you just gone, God, I want a better life? Or have you actually took time, sat down, and thought about what that better life looks for you? Have you been purposeful in your asking? If you're not purposeful in your asking, you will not receive That's the reminder that James is giving us. Have you actually thought about it? Have you actually thought it through? Or have you just, in your your anxiety and your worry, just, just shaking your fist at God? We need to wait with purpose. We need to wait with intentionality. We need to decide, okay, God, this is what's lacking. This is what my desires are. Lord, can you make this happen? Now, Sally has got an incredible testimony. She's not here this morning. Precious lady that comes to our church, and uh, some of you know this testimony uh, when she was waiting for her husband after her first previous husband had passed away. Um, she got very, very set on what she asked for. She didn't just say, God, I need a man. She didn't just say that. They're like, going oh, to get married one day, Lord. If you know her testimony, she was incredible. She's there, I want a man that does this. I want a man that feels this. I want a man who's done that. I want a man that's taller than me by this much. Sally's six foot 50,000. <laughs> so that was tough. She even said, I want someone who has this kind of body. I want... She was very, very purposeful in what she asked for. And most of us know that that's exactly what she got. God came through. God gave him an an incredible man. That actually fitted the description that she sat down and asked for. That was a woman who waited purposely for what she was asking. Now, are we doing that? That's just an example. I'm just trying to highlight something that we can try to appropriate into our lives for the breakthrough that you're waiting for, for that thing that you're crying out for God. Have you just given out a big general cry? Or have you actually thought about it and said, God, this is, this is what I need. Think it through. Bring it before the living God and then see what he says. Otherwise, we'll be like James says, we will not have because we haven't asked God. We're to wait with purpose. We're to actually ask God. I mean, I mean you know, I'm assuming that we've asked God, but some of us don't even ask God. It's amazing how many times people make plans, people want to do all these things, and the last person that they consult is God. They consult everybody, everybody else, everything else, their finances, their time, their resources, their friends, and then that they seek counsel. I've been asked, do you think I should do this? And they've told me and shown me everything that I've weighed up. And I like to get really religious with them and say, well, what does Jesus think? And the times that I get a blank look, It's amazing. Surely he's got to be our first port of call. Surely we need to to ask God. So maybe if you have that unfulfilled desire, if you don't have that thing in your life right now, whatever that may be, maybe you haven't actually asked God and you haven't actually asked him in faith. Actually haven't asked him vacillating and wondering in doubt, getting tossed back and forth. Maybe you haven't actually sat down and purposely, with faith, with faith, asked God for it. There's a German philosopher that I, uh, that I like. He's, not, he's, he's an atheist, uh, but he's very interesting. He says, to justify his atheism, he says that God is merely man's projection um, in the canvas of the universe. Right? So we've, we've made up God. We've, we've just projected God in the backdrop of the universe because we need him. That's how he justifies his atheism. That's what he believes. Now, I think there's a truth in our lives with that. Because I think many of us do the same thing. We have these plans, these desires, these things that we want to do, and we don't ask God. We just project God onto them. We decide. We see what we want. We see that place. We see that person. We see that job. We see whatever it might be. And then we go, yep, I want that. God, bang. We superimpose God on top of it. Instead of saying, hang on, God, this is what I'm after. What do you think? And then we whinge and complain because we don't receive. We don't receive because as James says, we haven't asked the living God. We haven't made him our priority. We've just simply decided this is what we're going to do. It doesn't matter what situation I'm in. It doesn't matter what circumstance I'm in. I'm just going to do that. (laughs) I love this ad. It's an old ad. Remember the ad? This is what we do with God, I reckon, often. Remember that ad with, um, it's a gas gas heating ad, and uh, there's a cricketer with, his white, with all his whites, and he's running out with a footy team. Right, he's going to play the wrong game, you know, but he's, he's, he's ready to go. You know, I feel like that all the time. But he's all dressed up, all ready to go. I reckon we do the same with God. You know, God wants us in one place, but no, we've decided, you know, he might want us to play footy, but we're going to play cricket. I don't care what God says. I haven't even asked him. I'm going to go and... We do the same with God. We've decided what we're going to do. We don't even look at the circumstance. We don't even look at the situation. And then we winch and complain. Imagine that cricketer going, why am I not scoring any sixes when there's a big football being kicked at his head? We need to actually console God. I mean, I love... One of the things that the Lord's prayer highlights is just simply that. God, your will be done. God, your kingdom come. Have we actually been before the living God and said, God, I submit this to you. I'm not just going to project you onto this desire. I'm actually going to seek you first and see if this desire is actually what you want for my life. I think the reason why why we fret is we need to realize that delay is not denial. There is that waiting period. I like props. So I'm going to get Donna to just bring me a prop. I just felt a prophetic picture for you guys. Some of you deserve this. <laughs> now I'm no archer, <laughs> so be careful. I was giving, whoa, I was giving a quick crash course. My Steph, where's Steph? If this goes wrong, it's your fault. You gave it to me. Now, because I'm no archer, I actually just want to put. God to the test and I want to shoot someone to the heart and see if God heals him and revives him. Who wants to volunteer? Come on, Danny. Sit down, thou shalt not test thy God, thy Lord. Alright. Now, I'm no archer, like I said, but I know this much about bows and arrows. Okay? I know this much. That if I want the arrow to go a short distance, stay with me. Get your guitar, Steve. You too. Stay. How much did that cost? Actually, I, I do need a target. Thanks, mate. All right. Now, if, um, if I'm aiming for that guitar, all right, not, not only do I have to aim right, wait well, it's okay. It, you'll be blessed. Not only do I have to aim the right way, all right, so I'm looking at the guitar, but I have to pull the string back a certain way. Right, I have to pull it back a certain amount. So because if I just pull it back a little bit, she's gonna land there. Okay? Right? Is that is that fair to say? However, if I wanted to reach my target If I actually wanted to reach all the way, I have to pull the string back a lot more, don't I? It's gonna be more more effort. And I'm shaking, that's really embarrassing because it shows I'm not strong enough. I have to pull it back so it goes whoops. Sorry, sorry. I have to pull it a bit back a little bit more so it actually reaches the target. Isn't that right? So I have to pull it back and it goes. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> a little bit further. Sorry. Jeff, there's a hole in the wall. <laughs> sorry. Now, what I want to highlight is this. I can't get the arrow back. It doesn't matter. I think some of us are waiting. Some of us are waiting. what you've got to realize is how far actually God wants to shoot you. You need to realize how far God actually wants you to go. He doesn't just want you to go a short distance. He doesn't just want you to just, you know, just, just, just fly a little bit. If you're waiting to be a parent, God wants you to be the best parent you can be. And there's going to be a long, long waiting recording. The further you wait, the further he pulls back, the further you're going to go. If you're waiting for that promotion, I tell you, if you're waiting, God may be simply just stretching you, just pulling you back. Remember, the further that he pulls you back, pretend you're the bow. How far do you want to travel? How good a parent do you want to be? How good a worker do you want to be? How successful do you want to be? You want to be really successful, don't you? You want that blessing to come through big time. Well, sometimes the further you want to go, the further God is going to stretch you, the further you're going to be waiting for God to shoot you and deliver the promise that He has promised you. And you'll fly through the air. Just a simple little strategy. Just don't don't panic. Just relax. God, God may be preparing you for... I hate saying greatness. I don't mean greatness, but greatness in the sense that he wants you to be great at what he's given you. Yeah, good. He wants you to have great families, great ministries, great successful workplace situations. Yeah. He wants you to go, he doesn't just want you to go a little distance. Now, God may not have delivered in your life, not because he's forsaken you, you or because he doesn't love you anymore, but maybe he's just wanting you to go a long way. Maybe that's what it is. So delay is not denial. The reality is that, look, waiting is an inevitable part of life, but also the reality is I truly believe, and I think this is what James is reminding us in this text, that very often... How well we wait will determine how long we wait. And I believe that's what James is trying to encourage us on in this text. And that's what I want to encourage you on this morning. Can I get the muses to come up, please? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah forty thirty-one. I think a lot of us who've been around for a while know this verse quite well. It's a wonderful verse that highlights our topic this morning really well. And highlights perhaps where we lack in our walk, in our faith with God. It simply says this. If you don't have it, I'll just read it to you. It says, but those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. If you're feeling weak, if you're feeling bowed down, if you're feeling like you're about to lose it, just ask yourself, when was the last time you actually waited on God? Do you wait on God? Do you actually wait on him patiently? Or do you just throw your requests at him and then get back into the business of your life? I believe this is literal. I don't believe like it's it's I mean, people interpret it differently, but this is how I interpret. I don't believe it's like, you know, God, this is what I, I need. God, please come through in this area. And then you go off and do your do your thing. I think it actually means what it says. I think it actually means just wait upon the Lord. Wait. Spend some time with him. When's the last time they actually did that? And if you don't wait upon the Lord. If you don't make time to wait upon Him, how do you expect the blessing? How do you expect the promise to come to pass Or having your strength renewed? There's something we are got to do beforehand. We always, we always want the end result because we want fast results. We don't, we don't know how to wait. How many of us here, and even if we've been walking with God for years, how many of us here can honestly say that we make waiting upon the Lord? an integral, vital part of our Christian walk. And if we don't, why? Is he, is he not worth waiting for? Is God not worth waiting upon? Not just for the blessing, forget the blessing. I think that when you wait on God, you realize that the blessing is actually not that important. It's actually not that good. The blessing actually comes when you realize, man, it's all about him. Oh man, it's just, it's just having Him, being in Him, having Him in me. And that thing that you desire so much, you know, you get it, but it actually doesn't seem anywhere near as good as having come face to face with the living God. That's, that's when you get your strength renewed. Is it worth waiting on? Is it worth waiting for? The rest of that scripture so I want to read it to you. I might just get to stand, if that's all right. Just you to close your eyes for a moment. Just, just want to read this scripture to you and allow, it, allow God to do whatever it is that he wants to do in you and through you, through his word. I believe the word of God is powerful. I, I really do. I believe sometimes we, we just hear it. it it can just do